0: This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. This episode is presented by The Woods & Co., a fully integrated marketing and communications firm with niche expertise in beauty, health, wellness, and fitness.
1: Hi, my name is Paul Peros. I'm the CEO of Redway, and to me, it's a matter of precision.
0: Innovation and disruption are concepts that get thrown around a lot. I'm Kelly Kovac, founder of Beauty Matter. At the end of the day, in my opinion, there is very little innovation and disruption in the true sense of the word. The kind that stops you in your tracks, changing the context of the market, consumer, and competitive space a business operates. Disruption is the byproduct of true innovation. Disruption for disruption's sake is just noise. Real innovators disrupt by long term thinking and imagining the impossible. They don't peddle in quick fixes and gimmicks. Paul Perros is the CEO of Perth based high tech company Wellfully and the new beauty tech innovation Redowee, his latest brainchild. Innovation isn't a nebulous concept for Paul, it's been his reason for being for three decades and it's his unique superpower. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. I have to say in sort of prepping, I mean, I know a little bit about you, and we never sort of do pre-calls for these podcasts because I love for it to be sort of as if we're meeting for the first time or picking up on a conversation. So there's an organic quality. But I came across this interview on Medium that you did. And it was so insightful and so smart. And now I have that in the back of my head where I'm like, this has to be as smart and good as that interview. So... (laughs) I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about but I was blown away. So, I tried to tap into to some of those answers because they're so insightful and kind of outside the normal beauty thinking. So, I just wanted to kind of give you an idea of where I'm at. <laughs> thanks.
1: Uh thanks for having me on the show. Uh, and uh, happy to to talk through any of these ones plus uh, a number of the new things we've been doing recently. The world has changed quite a bit over the last year and a half uh, and we all got not only older but but wiser or, or different in a way.
0: For sure. But I think that's a, a good way to start. You know, before we dive into the conversation, maybe you can share a little bit about your backstory and career path that led you to your role at um the beauty tech company Foreo, which you were there from, I believe, the launch until 2018. And definitely share with us your your latest venture because it's really fascinating.
1: Sure. Happily um before foreo uh I did over 10 years of management consulting and some initial stints uh, in physics laboratories in and around uh university times though then um uh, I think I think what you mentioned before that is a bit of a different approach to beauty uh, was made possible to a large extent by the nature of Foreo itself, both as an organization as a focus, uh, but was uh, also, I think, impacted quite a bit personally and professionally uh, by the projects that I've grown up with. Uh, that have been treating innovation across a multitude of industry and product categories, uh, oftentimes facing uh, incumbent uh, companies that have been in the business uh, for tens of years, generations at times, uh, uh, facing a a status quo and having to challenge it uh, over and over again. Uh, to the point uh, that it it becomes sort of a a reflex uh, to keep asking questions that people do not anymore in this case. Uh, Foreo, as I said, was different because uh, it was the name of the game to try to, to think through solutions in a different manner anywhere from the very applications to what is behind it, uh, how do we look at the architecture, how do we look at the technology, and now uh, with RedWi, uh, probably a, a second stage uh, of that uh, in terms of uh, thinking across complete application systems, not only devices, but uh, finally integrating uh, the topical dimensions in the innovation work.
0: The the Foreo is such a great story of innovation, design, and growth. Um, can you share a little bit about what, what you're doing now in the parent company? I think it's Wellfully. And the launch of the Redui brand, which you previewed at CES last year, but it just launched in May, so kind of mid-pandemic.
1: Uh, correct. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, we, we 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 set up everything to be flexible, but uh, I've never had anything like this before. Uh, we, we really had to push it, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm happy to share a, a few examples of that. Uh, but first, uh, a few words about uh, uh, Wellfully and and the story behind it. Uh, That started now 20 years ago uh, with a pure tech R&D company, which was wealthily from Perth, Australia, that has been focusing on advanced drug delivery technologies. Uh, By this, I mean getting the actives where you really need them in skin, in hair, on various surfaces, uh, uh, as per the application, Uh, an aspect of of delivery that, especially in beauty, has been not always in the first place uh, when talking about products. Uh, Yeah,
0: people have kind of played around it, but no one's really sort of harnessed it.
1: uh, It has been impacted greatly by the starting position, uh, which is... Uh, the topicals, we're talking about creams, serums, uh, hair products, various, uh, as we know them today, originated effectively at the beginning of the 20th century. Okay. This is when L'Oréal and Estée were starting, and they had to draw from the technology inventory that was available at that time uh, uh, so, uh, uh, I'm not talking about just the, the packaging and, and the plastic, uh, uh, but uh, uh, these were product architectures, uh, formulations, uh, ways to apply products mainly manually, maximum with a pump, uh, that dictated the very way then that those formulations were constructed and had to rely on um, emulsifiers on thickness, uh, in order to be able to be delivered. Uh, that has, yes, advanced uh, greatly in terms of materials and ingredients. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is how we still do most of the products. Uh, and
0: so, so you have really sort of taken that and deconstructed it. And pushed sort of delivery through a completely separate lens through using technology.
1: Yes, step by yep. step. So it's almost like reverse engineering and application. Yes. So you start from the ending point. Uh, I want the hyaluronic acid in this concentration, at this depth, uh, in this layer of the skin. Uh, how do we get it there? Uh, And constructing the rest of the product from this very, very basic starting position, uh, being completely open in terms of engineering what needs to happen to be able to do so in the most effective way. One dimension that keeps coming uh, back is is sustainability or, or efficiency. That also can be viewed through many lenses, Uh, the the application, the usage itself, the materials, the logistics uh, behind it. uh, uh, A bit of a surprise, uh, uh, well, more than one at the end of the day, was not only the packaging, the hair pods and the skin pods we have today, but even the way of formulating the products uh, uh, that, uh, especially in the light of the, the the last year and all the constraints that it brought uh, uh, is something that led to solutions that were surprises for ourselves uh, from uh, uh, the ability to formulate without these secondary ingredients uh, uh, to uh, the fact that then once we're in such a, what we call a light chassis environment uh, we see a uh, Ingredients that traditionally have not been active uh, actually contribute uh, to desired effects or lead to additional uh, benefits, uh, uh, something that they have not been able to do in traditional formulations so far. Uh, so, there's been a lot of discoveries, uh, some of them let's say engineered or or planned but many of them are accidental Uh, and and this learning as you go is in my opinion personally one of the truly interesting and engaging things uh, the discoveries you make as you go along Uh, 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 a lot of it starts with real problems uh, and uh, uh, there were many last year. I mean to to give you an example, uh, we were ready uh, to uh, basically outsource the formulation work initially. We wanted to be able to focus purely on the structures. Uh, Covid came in March uh, just as as we were uh, getting ready to sample seriously and uh, as chance would have it, uh, our formulators were in the Lombardy area of Italy. That was first and hardest hit in Europe. Uh, uh, as that was happening, I w- did uh, a less than 24 hours turnaround from Hong Kong uh, uh, to our center in Dong Wan in order to hand carry literally all the equipment that was needed back down to Australia in order to be able to continue work. Similarly... Without the formulators, uh, we were faced to either delay for a year or try to figure out a solution that ended up being doing our own lab uh, in the only place where it was possible to work for most of last year, uh, which was China. And that itself is now the blueprint we're working on uh, with the Swiss lab operation Honestly, I think that if especially if we're talking these specific so high active concentrations uh, uh, of certain viscosity without the secondary so light chassis formulations, uh, uh, we have done more learning than probably any other established laboratory or formulator could be uh, offering uh, uh, these days. Uh, and I'm happy to be bringing it into an arena such as southern Switzerland is this. In this case, that is really close to the industrial centers of Milano and Angrate with Intercos, uh, Varese itself. It's not just cosmetics; it's also pharma, as well as the rest of Switzerland, uh, uh, with many, let's say, chemical and specialty producers and formulators around. Uh, And it's not just the companies, it's the people, it's the sourcing abilities uh, that I expect we will be finding a lot of interesting things uh, uh, for future projects and products.
0: You know, one of the things that I find really interesting is, you know, innovation and disruption are words that get thrown around a lot. And very often the people and brands that are claiming to be innovative and disruptive are anything but Um, but you seem to have been kind of put yourself in the middle of these incredibly innovative companies, and I can't imagine it happens by accident. So how do you build a culture that embraces innovation and sort of what you were just talking about, sort of allowing for the surprises and the surprises to take you down a path you didn't expect, but yet still moving forward to develop a product and launch a product. So there's kind of an art form to that. And I would imagine building a team and a culture that allows for that.
1: Well, uh, correct. Uh, I, I think the, the, the first uh, step is to ensure that you're working with the right envelope. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the invitation I got for Austra- from Australia uh, back in the days was to help transform Wellfully, which was a pure R&D company that was licensing its technologies uh, to large uh, players such as PG and and uh, Johnson & Johnson and various, uh, was to... Help uh, wellfully integrate downstream to capture more value by designing their own products based on their technologies, uh, as well as transforming these uh, into brands uh, and uh, distribution channels and communications and engagement with consumers. Uh, uh, That in itself was sort of a bit. the the right answer or the trigger in my case uh, uh, that that interested me especially after finding the the richness of of technology uh, in Perth with the original wealthful is something that has been incubated for many years and a lot of which I didn't think that these large multinational companies were able to use uh, uh, to the fullest potential that was actually there.
0: What do you look for in a team, you know, to put together this, that that understands kind of the power of innovation almost at an intuitive level? Because I don't think it's something that you can teach, right? I think like people have to be, I think it's one part curiosity and discipline, but how do you harness all of that?
1: Well, in addition to what I'm describing, which is this uh, uh, vertical integration the the coverage of the system and technically it's the degrees of freedom of of a system. So uh, all the levers that that you can act on, uh, um, typical example in beauty tech uh, is the brand uh, that goes out uh, and outsources the design in one place and then the sourcing of the device in another place uh, signs a contract for X containers per month uh, and off they go. Uh, now, uh, in the dynamic of innovation, uh, it, it came over as far as I'm concerned, uh, because in, in such a constellation, any uh, improvement based on feedback from consumers... Uh, Is virtually in nobody's interest uh, and a very unlikely outcome uh, because the OEM uh, is happy where they are and uh, will make sure that any changes or inefficiencies are negotiated as as, uh, uh, rough as as possible, Uh, ultimately the consumer will be stuck with something that in itself uh, is not really evolving or developing venturing out into completely new ways of dealing with with applications in beauty or anything for that matter, you have to be ready in the sense that you have to have the flexibility needed in order to climb the learning curve as uh, is required, to plan for it uh, in the way you design the organization and in the way you put the team together. Um, a specific case that uh, we we had last year, even non-COVID related, uh, was between electronics teams in Australia and in China, with uh, the first being more of a traditional Western school, so we're talking uh, Texas Instruments and various, uh, and the second being able to work on chips where you do not find instructions or any, uh, 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 let's say, examples uh, uh, on the web in English uh, uh, with on top the engineers not talking Chinese or English uh, (laughs) uh, 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 between, uh, so impossible to communicate between themselves and everything ultimately finishing in writing a, a translator program that will take the firmware from the first to the second, independently of English and Chinese between the two. Uh, in itself, an asset that I'm pretty sure does not exist in any company, in beauty for sure, but in general, easily possible. So, uh, uh, being able to expose yourselves to situation that might require solutions that have never been sought before, uh, and being confident that you will find uh, one in terms of assisting people. Because at the end of the day, none of this was groundbreaking, but it, it was a typical situation that in a traditional company will, would automatically lead to a, a, a complete stalemate uh, where the company would then uh, escalate the problem to the point where it would be a decision, a senior decision of working with one or the other And this is, again, where the perimeter systematically, just by the nature of the beast, gets reduced in traditional companies. And we are not talking about employing extraordinary, unique talent or engineers. I myself, for starters, am not one uh, of these. But it's more on how we work together with each other that can lead to limitations or unleash completely novel things uh, just in the way we solve problems we face in everyday work
0: well it's interesting because even in these very large companies they have innovation departments and really smart creative place people working in them but then this innovation gets pushed through kind of a, a traditional decision making process and it falls apart because you can't, you can't quantify it. It's new, um, and it kind of dies on the vine.
1: But what are you telling to the rest of the organization the moment you say this is the innovation apartment, department?
0: True, true. That's no, the problem, right? Everybody else is like, okay,
1: feel free to to turn off uh, your innovation lights. That, that's exactly it. Uh, and, and I think... While still possible, uh, because with organization size and complexity there will be constraints and I I don't think it's an absolute rule, but for small companies, uh, uh, innovation has to be part of HR and admin and supply chain and engineering and everything at the end of the day. This is where, where, where the ideas come from. Uh, and, and and this is all game and these are people who are, are thinking about the company about the consumers about what we do and how do we do all the time and 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 should be able uh, to to contribute should be put in a position to be able to contribute in this case
0: yeah I think one of the interesting things about the past 10 months is you know there has there's this window of Opportunity where anything is possible, and people were had these clean sheet moments where there was the freedom to rethink things because out of necessity. And I'm curious to see whether some of that will stick, or we're going to go back to sort of the 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 same sort of decision making paradigms, kind of you know pre COVID.
1: Uh, yes, definitely, I agree. Uh, a lot of the. Uh, especially looking at consumer and consumer communications, uh, uh, we have seen a, a soberness uh, that hasn't been around for a long time. The, the lack of, of distract, uh, the, the destruction, distraction <laughs> and, and, and impulse, uh, um, the, 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 the quality of, of time and attention uh, uh, has changed quite a bit over the last year. Yeah. Uh, but I see also possible pitfalls uh, in in this uh, if we're talking about the organization itself. Uh, uh, with early December, uh, we have... I mean, campus is a big word. Uh, it, it's basically a big house <laughs> with <Yes. apartments laughs> and, and and offices. But finally, a place uh, where we uh, can use to jolt ourselves out of this soberness for a moment, to to put a little bit of pressure on creative concepts, on deciding on on how we're going to go and and do about certain things that do require a bit more momentum and and energy and engagement to really hammer them through. Uh, So uh, myself and the team are taking turns quarantining before arrival, uh, taking COVID tests. but then spending two to three weeks in various configurations uh, at this house in Switzerland, uh, flying in from all over the world in order to be able to work together even yes, as as at home in pajamas, but not on Zoom, uh, mm-hmm. because you continue to talk uh, while you're making coffee, cooking dinner together, uh, 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 or, or or even messaging <laughs> each other right. from room to room uh, on certain things. Uh, that that is a little bit something that I miss, uh, and. Looking at the future, I, I hope we manage to, to, to learn and involve both of these extremes. Uh, uh, the, the, the sobriety of isolation uh, and the more uh, energetic or overly energetic or distracting life as we knew it before 2020.
0: As a brand... The relationships you build with top-tier media and influencers is an integral part to a brand's success. Growing brand awareness and garnering strategic partnerships can open doors to retail opportunities and endorsement from decision-makers. The Woods & Co. is a fully integrated marketing and communications firm with niche expertise in beauty, health, wellness, and fitness. Their full-time in-house team works with brands from ideation of strategy to execution while nurturing long-term meaningful strategic relationships. For more information, visit thewoodsandco.com for their services and a list of clients. One of the things that is also sort of very interesting with, it was definitely with Fareo, and it seems with what you're building now, when you reinvent sort of something like how products are delivered or what they look like, it also comes with an obligation to educate because it's not immediately obvious what it is you've put out into the world. And it also requires consumers to to rethink how they engage with these products. And one of the things built was an entire platform to support brand ambassadors. And one of the, the, the language on the website, which I found... I love it because it's such a big statement, is that you also want to assume a role of responsible industry leadership and to actively assist in the development of future best practices and communication and distribution across beauty and health. I mean, just building the platform is kind of a big investment, but it's also sort of you've put it out there, a big promise. Um And I'm totally intrigued with what you built and why you built it. So can you share a little bit about that platform and the importance of it and kind of the intent behind it?
1: Sure, sure. I think it's also a good example of sort of problem solving and and, and learning on on the go. Uh, True, the more you innovate, the more you're likely to have to communicate Uh, uh, aside from the fact that we can engineer and we do engineer for simplicity, uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, the whole product and system of the applicators and the hair pods and skin pods being completely plug and play ergonomics and and others uh, still uh, you end up with something that nobody's ever tried to sell and nobody's ever tried to buy Uh, the newer the more of of a new paradigm you're presenting and you need to connect it uh, with the context uh, the the landscape uh, uh, of uh, today or yesterday in this case it is the absence of uh, traditional channels such as travel retail, such as brick, brick and mortars, it's the consultants in the shops, it's the training sessions, uh, it's the learnings from those uh, that uh, are really, really important for a new product. You do innovate in the lab, but a lot of the innovation is on the communication level in terms of finding on, on, on how it makes sense in what situation in terms of presentation, explanation, uh, and and education at the end of the day. uh, All channels uh, that uh, have not really been up and running, uh, and especially for us a new company, uh, gambles uh, that that were tough to make uh, uh, with a number of retailers in generally more difficult situations, uh, and uh, with... uh, overall lower efficiencies in terms of transactions and footfall and exposure and, and, and the economics behind it. And then while uh, there was a lot of good results and a lot uh, of praise on, on the digital channels this past year, uh, still uh, the nature of this is largely transactional and uh, uh, better suited for products that already have a certain level of uh, awareness and education and acceptance and so on, which was sort of the starting point for our thinking. So what do we have uh, and and how do we make this work in the digital world? Uh, And this was the core of the ambassadors. Uh, The third part of the equation that led us to actually define the program was uh, also the competitive uh, assets uh, in in terms of talent uh, that was, unfortunately, probably the hardest hit uh, within the industry, which were the the, the professionals, the beauty advisors, uh, uh, the people that were a little bit left behind, uh, and uh, uh, that, uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, are, are key to the solution in in terms of having the the time, the motivation, the knowledge to engage with consumers, uh, but we're missing the infrastructure, the infrastructure in terms of the old world retail. And this is where the Ambassador Program was born, uh, to look into ways uh, to engage together with industry talent, in uh, reaching out to the consumers in learning more about the products uh, uh, in uh, uh, understanding and starting to basically remap uh, a little bit the landscape as before it's like well what will it mean uh, the way we work the sobriety and so on for the future and yes it is a big topic uh, But what will it mean for some of the channel infrastructures we had in the past and how will these evolve? So, will brick and mortar rebound uh, as time goes on? Uh, Will digital be the same but bigger? No. What will happen to the high bandwidth channels? Will they migrate to digital? Yes. Uh, Will digital be as it is today? No, I don't think so. Uh, The channels overall will get shorter with this this disintermediation that we've seen on this simple transactional level before happening now on possibly the more content intensive, the more relationships oriented one in digital format.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that because there's so much focus right now on kind of technology and technology adoption and online sales and and sort of the growth and is retail dead. And I think what is very often overlooked is, yes, there's, you know, gr- these great strides happening, but the moment that we're living in, to me, is really about human beings and how we communicate with each other and how are we going to be there for each other. And it's kind of that human connection, I think, that is the opportunity right now. And the technology, yes, that's going to happen. Um, But I think people are losing sight of the fact that this is a very human moment right now. And it seems like you've kind of tapped into that and are unlocking it.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, uh, uh, we ourselves, as mentioned before with the organization, need an an alternative to Zoom calls. Uh, uh, Spending most of my time here, I'm a little bit also the housekeeper uh, (laughs) in in charge of of the daily shopping runs uh, and so on. The only one that is allowed to leave... uh, And uh, I'm amazed for for a place that is normally very, uh, let's say, uh, disciplined and and quiet. Uh, How much interactions I found uh, around grocery stores at nine o'clock in the morning, with with people sort of longing uh, uh, to interact uh, uh, with each other. How interesting uh, even networking activities uh, uh, online have uh, uh, changed uh, from uh, the one to many, uh, uh, um, let's say, configurations, uh, so presentations on Zoom to various audiences and conferences, uh, to threads, uh, to one-on-one-to-one discussions, uh, uh, to a combination of, of professional and private contact. Uh, uh, yes, yes, it it it, it is uh, the, the the human element that is becoming much more prominent uh, uh, than, let's say, the the content or, or the dryness of your everyday Amazon page uh, or, or shop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think and I'm curious because you are such sort of a future a future thinker and 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 definitely sort of think I mean, I hate, I hate the the description outside the box because, you know, it's so overused. But you're not defined by sort of where where everyone else is going. You know, we're living in such a time of disruption, but I also think it's so full of possibilities. And we definitely have a, a rough road ahead of us. I think there's a lot of green shoots, but, you know, we are still dealing with the pandemic. You know, we have economic um issues especially in the U.S. that we're dealing with, political, cultural. You know, it's kind of this confluence of big problems, if you will. But I still am so hopeful about what's on the other side, and I'm inspired every day by the creative, by creative people like you who are rethinking their businesses. But I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about the future of beauty and wellness and what it might look like, sort of like three, five years in the future. Which seems like a difficult thing to even contemplate, because everyone's thinking post-COVID. But I'm thinking beyond that. You know what? What does the landscape look like to you?
1: Well, I, I hope we will be able to take some of these sober learnings uh, from this past and, and, and probably a few more years to come uh, with us into. Now there's more and more talk about the Roaring uh, Twenties. So not to to let the pendulum swing completely to the other side without taking some of it uh, uh, with us. Uh, In particular, particular sort of self-care and uh, some of the elements that for me personally are important in in beauty that is about uh, self-perception and 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 care uh for oneself uh, uh getting closer to to wellness and and health uh, uh could bring or pull the industry uh, altogether in in a much more interesting dimension uh, uh away from the purely flashy from this perspective now uh, possibly Somewhat uh, superficial uh, away from accepting things uh, that when one does really think about don't necessarily make sense. Uh, we had time to do that now, and uh, I think this this will continue uh, It is something that I have think to have seen over the last years also with some of the Let's say new market consumers uh, that, uh, as 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 compared to us, that uh, I sometimes refer to as, as sleepwalker consumers, so buying by 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 reflex, uh, stocking our fridges the same way our grandparents used to do, something that I, I've been seeing primarily in Asia, and, and a bandwidth and openness to really put one's needs in perspective with the various uh, uh, benefits of of completely new products or completely new product categories etc. and 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 thinking through will make for for markets that uh, should ultimately become a lot more progressive now uh, i'm describing this as a as a positive development uh, uh, for the sense it makes. Uh, but uh, uh, it will undoubtedly bring uh, a lot of challenges uh, to the organizations in the industry. Uh, but I trust that, that that this is doable. I mean, we're not talking about science fiction things. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the, the levels of digitalization from five years ago, ago to now... Incredible work has been done even by the most traditional companies that, that you can imagine. So, uh, I'm pretty sure we will see some of the old guys, uh, in, 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 in some completely new and exciting formats as well, uh, not just the, the arrival of, of novel players and new companies and completely new solutions. Yeah.
0: Well, Paul, I like your vision of the future. So I'm all for it. <laughs> you know, thank you so much for taking the time today. And I'm so excited to, to kind of watch what you're building um, because it really is true innovation. I mean, you know, I saw it previewed at CES. And, you know, like I said, people throw around technology, innovation, you know, disruption. But rarely does something sort of stop you in your tracks. And you're like, wow, that really is makes me think about everything differently and you're doing that so I'm really excited to see sort of you know where it goes
1: thank you thank you I mean we're we're trying to do our best uh, and it's uh, a strange times uh, and definitely still the, the the world keeps on spinning yeah
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul, and definitely keep us uh, in the loop on on what you're doing because it's super exciting.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Kelly.
0: For Paul, it's a matter of precision. While there is a general consensus by business leaders on the importance of innovation – Many remain stumped by how to achieve it, resulting in investments of big bets with little commercial payoff. Breakthrough ideas that are incrementally executed result in commercial failure. Successful innovation requires a resilient long term strategy, precise execution, and constant evolution. Paul Perros is a charismatic, big thinker whose excitement for life and the unexpected is palpable and contagious. For him, innovation doesn't reside in a department. He believes to be successful, it must be the foundation of a brand's culture. His ability to not only conceptualize this, but to build a business that supports the constant search for true, meaningful innovation and embracing the unexpected is his recipe for success. He believes true innovation isn't just incremental, it is without compromise, and it tackles every single dimension of design. It's also meaningful in the sense that it addresses real concerns of consumers and provides for relevant improvements. So in the end, it's a matter of precision. I'm Kelly Kovac. See you next time.
1: Hi, my name is Paul Peros. And for me, it's a matter of precision. Precision in the sense of doing things right and a precision in the sense of thinking things through.
0: It's a Matter Of is a production of Beauty Matter LLC, You can find more content and insights on beautymatter.com and follow us on social media at beautymatterofficial. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.